What's up, everybody? Welcome to a new episode of Comics in Reverse. My name is Dalton Wires, your host as always, joined by two of my favorite gaming bros, Mr. Nick Hanneman. How's it going, buddy? Not too bad. Thanks for having me on again, Dalton. Yeah, man, I really enjoyed the light that you brought to the final ending of The Last of Us, so figure we'll bring you back for part two, along with Mr. Tom Westfall, who has recovered from his toothache. Uh, I wouldn't say recovered. I would say under heavy medication. Oh. Well, you're usually under heavy medication, so... That's true. That is true. But I, It's okay. a different one. So, host as always, like, are you CEO? Are you self-appointed CEO? You haven't told us this yet? Yeah, he, I actually mean, mentioned it on the last podcast before we started. I thought you were in the loop. Sorry, man. should have <laughs> warned you. That hurts. Sorry. Should have <laughs> sent you a little text message. That's what you get for missing stuff. <laughs> I wish I <laughs> Oh, Lord. Okay, so we're here to talk about The Last of Us Part 2. Um, so for those of you that are listening that haven't finished the game, as Nick has not, um, we are only going to be talking about the first two hours of the game right up until you leave Jackson. So anything past that, you won't hear us talk about. Wait a second, um, you leave Jackson at some point? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're in Seattle. Don't pull that shit with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um so you're not going to hear anything past that. So feel free to continue listening if you have at least made it that far. Um, but let's just talk about overall impression of gameplay mechanics first and foremost because we're both, all three of us have played enough of it that we kind of understand how the game is going to work for the most part. Tom, what did you think about the new things that they brought in with the, the jump button and going prone and uh, the dro- the like droppage of the arrows, stuff like that? I thought the uh, jump button's awesome. The prone is a major game changer. Uh, just being able to crawl under stuff's awesome, but really getting down in the grass where they can't see you, uh, it's it's fantastic. It, you really feel, and like you know, we were talking about earlier, we're all about stealth, and you really, really get down in the dirt. And it's not just going prone either. When you're down there on the ground and you pull your weapon up, you cannot see fully. You actually have to angle it weird to be able to get people. Yeah. I love it. And something that they added that I was really impressed with and that I really love is being able to grab someone from the prone position. Mm-hmm. So I would I would have thought that you would have had to like go from prone to crouching to grab them, but nope, you can just go straight up and grab them and bring them right back down with you. So like that's it. good to know because I have been standing up from prone to grab people. <laughs> Thanks for the tip. <laughs> I appreciate it, guys. No, yeah, you're like a evil jack in the box. <laughs> yeah, I'm like barely past that like prone tutorial. I feel like I haven't done much since I learned how to prone, so I just um, wait. Yeah. yeah. You will die quickly if you don't utilize it later on in the game. Imagine you're just walking through a little field and all of a sudden this girl has you at knife point. And you're like, what the hell just happened? <laughs> I mean, if you're doing your job right, you don't have time to think that you're already bleeding out. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Also, I would recommend upgrading your uh, uh, silent kill very quickly because it it's a game changer. Oh, yeah. Like, like you've done a, where you'll just grab them and then you'll use the stealth kill but it like takes a minute because you're choking them out right if you upgrade it she just slices their throat and throws them on the ground <laughs> yeah, ah, see, I, so I much faster yeah i haven't upgraded anything yet because i'm so early in the game i have enough points but i'm not sure i guess what my play style is going to be because i mean it's not like it's massively different the, the like prone aspect is different you know and of course you can jump but i mean i don't know i just just kind of want to play a bit more before i start to allocate all my skill points you know 
that's understandable. I was always, you know, like in Oblivion and in Skyrim, I was always the guy that would be like, oh crap, I don't know what to do. And about the time I'd have like eight skill points, I'm like, okay, now I gotta allocate these somehow. Right, yeah. But but on this, you can actually spread them around pretty evenly. Um, you just gotta research. Uh, I wish that it would show you, for example, like on the stealth skill tree, if you haven't bought any of them, you can't see what the bottom two are. And I wish you could do that before you... Yeah. So, but at least the top ones are usually pretty cheap. Only like thirty or forty of the supplements. Right. I think I, they unlock after the first one, right? You buy the first one, you can see the last two, right? Uh, you can see the fourth one. You can't see the last one until you buy the second one. I believe. Oh, gotcha. I actually never caught that because immediately once I found the uh, training manual for stealth, I maxed them all out immediately because I was saving it because <laughs> I know that's how I want to play. I'm always a stealth player. There you go. Actually. Never noticed that. Uh, as far as collectibles go, these trading cards are pretty cool. Uh, there was a, uh, and this is kind of a mild spoiler, but it's not that much. It's a trading card with uh, Neil Druckmann's face on it called Dr. Uckman. I thought that was a pretty cool little name drop for the director of the game, creator of the series. Yeah. Fun. And at the beginning, when you're walking through Jackson as Ellie for the first time, and you see the guy playing the banjo over in front of like a little courthouse-looking thing, that is actually... The uh, sound engineer, uh, I forgot his name now, Santawal Lala. I can't say his name. But the actual, the soundtrack guy, the guy that did the soundtrack for the first game and the second game. That's actually him. Oh, uh, Santavo or yeah. yeah, I can't Gustavo Santawalaba. I can't say his last name. It's terrible. But... Dude, I love the soundtrack for these games. I like. I will say this. I like the, the guitar in the first game the better. Better. Uh, the second game though, I do love the soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. These are really good. I um, just kind of wish that I was like famous enough, or, like worked on a thing that was cool enough that I could just have a cameo in it. And that would be like a right. fun fact. Like, oh man, that's the sound guy. Like, well, I'm the sound guy, you know? I don't know. That's that's cool. That would be cool. Alas, it'll probably never happen for any of us. Do that. All right, so... Tom, we had some sales numbers that we needed to talk about. You had it pulled up. Can you talk about how insane these numbers were already? Oh, man. So, as of... So, this game came out on in the U.S. on the 18th of June at midnight, I think. Uh, they have amassed to a grand total of 3.7 million as of June 21st. So, that was four days ago. Um... We're looking at now, from what I could see, uh, on the 23rd, it was just under four and a half million. Um, it, this is insane. So from the 18th of June, where it had, for pre-orders and everything, about 125,000 is what it's looking like based on this chart from, and I'm going to plug them just because they're helping us out, gamstat.com. Um, the guy just said uh, 125,000 on the release day. And then in three days, it's up to 3.75 million. And it's just like, holy crap. Those are insane numbers. That is insane. Unprecedented. Naughty, yeah. Naughty Dog's awesome. This did set set the record for PS4 exclusive sales, right? Yes, it did. Yeah, broke it out of the water from Uncharted 4. Yep. Actually, it was fairly close. But- yeah, it said it went by 1%, but 1% yeah. of... 3.7 million. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> this is quite a bit. It's over a quarter of a million units. Yeah, uh, that's 
that's insane. And I'm looking at as far as uh, popularity by country and everything like that, uh, as far as how many people are playing it. Oh, okay, I want you to guess what country this game is most popular in. What country? What country? Was it Japan? South Korea. Really? Yeah. And then Thailand and Taiwan. We're actually not even in the top ten. But Yeah, because we're all brainwashed idiots that all think the game sucks because of a couple of leaks though. So uh, yeah. but, I just uh, had that same conversation at work today. Like, oh man, that <laughs> game's trash because you know, I saw how they're gonna do like with the story and blah blah blah. And I'm like, gosh. And you you Dalton just saw my Facebook post and got into that little yeah. I wouldn't call it an <laughs> argument, but Dispute. That guy hasn't even played the game. He told me he didn't play it. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously? Okay, guys, if you haven't played it, shut the hell up. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Just because yeah. you know one major plot point, these games are meant to be experienced, not to be watched and not to be listened to or read about. You have to experience these games to really get the effect of the story. If you don't, if you don't do that, then you don't know what the hell you're talking about. Right. Yeah. It's like I've played Call of Duty. I can tell you it sucks. <laughs> You know, the like major plot point that figures the whole story. I knew that. I think we discussed that. I don't know if we discussed that during the podcast or after the last time I was on, but I knew how the story was going to start. Like what kind of sets it off on this whole journey. Didn't keep me from playing the game. Like I'm still super curious as to how it plays out. And, and I'm, you know, three hours in. So I didn't see it coming so early. Yeah, I wouldn't have thought it would be like in the first two hours either. It really surprised me. Yeah, when you sent that text and you said, well, I've been playing for, what, two hours and nine minutes, and I'm so emotionally hurt or whatever <laughs> it was, I have to go to bed. <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah. I guess that's when it happens. <laughs> so, <clears throat> Yeah, and like Tom and I did like a, a share play for the first like hour and 45 minutes or so of the game, and then he had to go to bed. Oh, Literally, as soon as he jumped off, it happened, and I was like, dude, I just went through that alone. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. Uh, let me see. I've find that text message that you sent me because you sent me something <laughs> like right after I got off. And let's see here. What did you send it to me on Facebook or where was it? I don't know. That's the bad thing about having you on Messenger and on SMS is I don't know where I sent any of this stuff. There you go. And my Messenger and SMS are like linked, so I have I have everything on the same app, so it gets even more confusing. Oh man. Oh. No, <laughs> there's yeah, there's no telling because I, I didn't realize how many text messages or messages that we sent <laughs> online for this game. Wow, literally, that's almost exclusively been our conversation for a week now. Is this game? And you just finished it like an hour ago, and I finished it um, yesterday about yeah, this that, time. That's another thing that we needed to talk about. That this game, because the first game, what was it, thirteen to fifteen hours? Yeah, yeah it wasn't nearly this long. Yeah, and this game, it, I at least around 25 hours and uh it's not <laughs> there's not a still moment you're moving 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 well i would argue that there is kind of a slow moment whenever you're in seattle for day one of la where you're just pretty much doing a bunch of exploration yeah but as soon as you leave the first day and you get to day two then yeah head to the ground you're moving Let's get into the story, though. So, obviously, Ashley Johnson and Troy Baker both reprise their roles as Ellie and Joel, respectively. And Jeffrey Pierce comes back as Tommy. Those three play major roles in this entire uh, 
entire thing. Um, the cutscene to very, very at the very beginning, uh, we sh- we uh, fade in, and Joel is cleaning his guitar. He's talking to his brother, telling her, telling Tommy exactly what happened in Salt Lake City. I thought that this scene was really fun and a good way to start it because you just kind of jump right into talking about what happened previously. I don't think there's a better way to actually start this seat, this this game. You know, I actually played through the uh, remaster just as like a refresher. You know, plus it's a great game, so why not? But uh, the way it starts off, you know, like with the recap, I'm like, man, yeah, that, that was good because it's been a long time for some people. I mean, even me, like I played it years ago you know so that was a good recap and it was perfect because you know he is telling tommy and it's like he just, he didn't know and yeah yeah that was that was a really good way to start it off i think i found the text message <laughs> Uh-oh. You, you sent it at 1 11 a.m you said you picked the wrong time man i can't do this alone <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yep but yeah um no yeah the, the way they started out with him talking about and describing everything that happened here's what i was so impressed by is the attention to detail that Naughty Dog has because they take that hospital setting and it is just exactly the way I remembered it from the game when I played it and of course I replayed it not too long ago and uh, the way they make him look when he's holding the gun and of course I'm assuming that everyone that listens to this has played the first game uh, if not spoilers and you're a terrible person so (laughs) Uh, when he's sitting there and he's holding the gun at the doctor and the voices and even the nurses, I mean, everything is spot on and it's fan-freaking-tastic. And the tension's there and he's cleaning off the guitar and he's talking to Tommy and I love Tommy's reaction. You know, Jesus, you know, he's, he can't believe everything that he's telling him. And I love the, uh, what he says afterwards. Uh, can't say that I would have done anything different. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We discussed that at the end of the podcast um, last time, too. It was like, what would you have done if you went through this whole journey with Ellie and now you know, well, she is the cure, like you thought. This will work, but it comes at the cost of her life. Like, do you say, oh, fuck that. I'm saving her. Or do you, you know, just let this girl die? I mean, that's. There's no way you're gonna let her die after all this. And plus, you know, of course, Nick, you're you're a dad, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah. So it's a lot different now, isn't it? <laughs> Absolutely, it is. Yeah. Like, there's no question that that's how I would have reacted. And Joel didn't even hesitate. He's like, "Yep, this is what I'm doing. I'm getting her out, no matter the cost." Yep. Perfect. But to your point of like, that's exactly how I remember it. And I was thinking the same thing. Of course, I just finished it two weeks before the game came out. But, um, the graphical improvements are insane and I played the remaster on PS4 and then I played part 2 and like you know it's the very end of the game and it's flashing back to it you know and I mean gosh you, you could tell right out of the gate that this this game had a lot of work a lot of love put into it and I mean like I said I'm 3 hours in but I'm still in awe just like how how their facial features are so realistic now and there's a part where ellie does this kind of like smirk and there's a dimple in her in her cheek you know and you're like man like this is way more realistic than she ever was in the first one so yeah it's crazy this game's gorgeous absolutely gorgeous and 
moving forward with the story so after they have their conversation and Tommy kind of sympathizes with him but you know also gives him re- the reaffirmation that we talked about you know I wouldn't have done anything different they decide that they need to leave so we play as Joel for just a short amount of time on a horse we follow Tommy back to the town of Jackson uh, they hang up their horses and then uh, we see where that, uh, Joel goes and checks on Ellie who uh, is listening to some headphones it's like a Walkman isn't it those are way before my time <laughs> Looks it like was a Walkman, yeah. and you shut up. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I I only know what that is because of Guardians of the Galaxy. To be completely honest with you. Oh, I hate you so much. <laughs> I did have a portable, actual like one of those portable CD players where if you picked it up or looked at it wrong, it would skip a song or whatever. I did have one of those. That was every one of them, <laughs> regardless of yeah. what I skip. <laughs> I think that my parents still have like a bright yellow Walkman at their house. Dude, I just like albums. remember this thing from my childhood. I'm pretty sure it's still there somewhere. I still have an old cassette player in my parents' house. Yeah. Old boombox. You guys are ancient. Of course, I have a record player right here at home, too, bitch, because I love the sound of vinyl, because I'm a hipster, apparently. I don't know. I was just thinking that, like, I'm the same way. I have a record player, and I buy new records, and I'm like, I guess I'm a hipster. There you go. I don't go. have, I... like, beard to match, you know, but I like craft beer. I like vinyls. Dude, I like I owning up... physical copies of games. I don't know. <laughs> I grew up at a radio station, man. They still have cart machines in that place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like the old carts, like pre A track. Wow. It's awesome. I don't even know what you're talking about. That's how old that is. <laughs> <laughs> I would have to show it to you. It's awesome. I know what an A track is, but yeah, I don't know what you're talking about before that, though. Yep. Anyway, Ellie's listening to the headphones. She's got some music going. Uh, she doesn't hear Joel knock, so he just walks in and kind of scares her a little bit as she's coming in, and they have a really nice conversation. It's actually a little bit awkward at first. Uh, what did you think about that? that I, go ahead. That was my first thought, too. I was like, man, their interaction is kind of awkward. And actually, I I don't know if it was just me, but I was kind of a bit confused on the timeline. Like, how long has it been? You know, or or like, did something happen between them? Like, does, did she find out about the hospital and all that? Like, I just didn't know at this point. And, and I agree with you that that's a good word. I mean, it was kind of awkward a bit. So I think this is like roughly, if I'm not mistaken, this is roughly one year post Salt Lake City, because here in a moment we're going to get a time jump and it's four years in the future, and and it's present day for the game. So I think this is roughly one year post Salt Lake City. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken. I think you're correct, and uh, I love um because you don't really know, and you can tell there's they do such a good job with that. You can tell there's unease. And mm-hmm. you just don't know. You don't know what's going on. You're like, does she know? Does she not know? Does she can? Is she thinking that there's something going on, or does she complete? Yeah, you don't know. It's a teenage girl. No one freaking knows. <laughs> yeah. Although they do shed some light on it a little bit later on. I cannot wait to talk about it. It'll be fun to talk about once Nick finally catches up. I know. I know. I'm behind. But, I'm behind. But this is also. Um, one of my favorite scenes in the game, um, he brings her a guitar, or his guitar, and he sits down and he plays for her, and apparently this is the first time, based on context, we can determine this is the first time he's ever actually played for her. Right. And um, she says, that wasn't terrible, or something like that. Makes <laughs> yeah. you laugh real quick. And then they have this heartwarming moment where he gives her the guitar as a gift, and I guess at this point, he's about to start teaching her how to play, but dang, I really love this scene, and it, it just brings back all those little hints that they talked about in the first game. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I loved it. Yeah, I love the fact that you get to uh, with the touchpad and you strum it. Uh, like you yeah, were yeah, that was cool. Yeah, I thought that was really neat. And I'm just as terrible at strumming a PlayStation controller as I'm an actual guitar. Yeah, <laughs> that's why Same. I'm a drummer. I will say I was I was annoyed that there was no like rhythm indication, so I didn't know. Yeah. How quickly to move to the next note? I I went to college as a music major, and so I was just like, oh god, these notes. This isn't how it is. This is the wrong rhythm. I was I was frustrated <laughs> for sure. Someone who's never taken a music class in his life, I didn't even notice. <laughs> I just like, swipe, swipe, like swipe, 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 yeah. It's like, okay, can I quit swiping now? I liked it at first, but after you do it as many times as they have you do it in the game, it kind of gets old for me, at least. Not that there's a ton of it, but I loved it. I uh, that was a cool touch. Of course, I was in band for one thing: conjugal bus trips. (laughs) Oh yeah, oh yeah. (laughs) That was a that was a perk, I guess. Yeah, I um. I do like that they use a the touchpad. I don't think enough games utilize the touchpad on the PlayStation. I think everybody can agree with that. Or like games that talk out of the speaker on the controller, I'm like, hell yeah. Talk out of the yeah. speaker, I'm pumped. Or I use the touchpad, all right. I'll never touch it again except to use the map or something, which is not using the touchpad. It's just another button. Yeah. But like when you swipe through, but like it's meant to be used. Like that's cool. Yeah, it really is one of those things that no one utilizes. And it's a, it's a tragedy because it, it's a really cool thing. And I remember looking so forward to it because I was thinking that they were going to have us do things where we had to do like a calligraphy thing, you know, like sign stuff and things like that. But no, we've hardly used it at all. We just had to, I can't remember what game it was, where you would slide left or swipe right sometimes. And that's about it. So basically we overpay for PlayStation controllers because we don't even utilize some of the technology in it. Yeah, they're like 60, 70 bucks. It's really- <laughs> yeah, that's what scares me about this PS5 controller with the haptic feedback oh, Lord, and no. all that good stuff. Like, that's amazing technology. I just I don't see developers utilizing it the way it should be. Yeah. At least not for the first few years. I usually buy a second one so I can charge one while I'm playing with one, but I don't know that I'll be buying a second one on launch. Yeah, it's probably going to be like 80 bucks. There you go. Haptic feedback. That's $20 a syllable. pretty much alright so uh, we skip forward to the next day after their conversation Um, we're playing as Ellie now and we skip four years into the future as I mentioned and uh, new character alert Jesse uh, Asian guy comes in wakes him well sorry wakes Ellie up for her shift for patrols because she's late Um, I think and I know you're not very far in uh Nick, but I think Jesse is a very good character. I actually enjoyed him. What do you think, Tom? I like Jesse. Um, and I think he's cool. I think he's trying to take charge. I think I think he's kind of one of the, if the story were to progress like I would have thought it would progress, I think he would have been like the understudy for the person to take charge of the camp when you know all the older people are gone. You know, yeah. he, he seems it's like he's assuming responsibility. Of a yeah, I mean, I haven't seen much of him. From the time that I've played, I saw him, you know, here, and then when they go out on patrol, and he's supposed to relieve Joel and Tommy, and then he meets back up with Ellie and Dina. Like those are the only two interactions that I've seen with him. But I mean, he seems all right to me. Don't know. He takes his job seriously, which is good because, yeah, definitely. As we see here, the girls don't. 
necessarily always take it seriously. <laughs> There's certainly a moment where they uh, drop their guard quite a bit. Oh, yeah. We'll get to that, too. Yeah. Question. All right. Nick, you've played the DLC, right? The Left Behind? Yes. Okay. Yep. Actually, the the playthrough I just did was the first time to play through the DLC because it was it was on the remaster. Okay, so Jesse comes and wakes Ellie up because she's late for her patrols. So we just we run back in, we grab a jacket, we grab our knife, and we leave. So this is something that I really appreciate for Naughty Dog too is we don't really have to worry about shivs that much in this game, especially when you're playing as Ellie, because she's got this pocket knife that doesn't break. I love that. That was obnoxious in the first one for sure. Yeah, it was. I'm, I'm glad that you do not have to worry about that anymore. Yeah, so it makes sense. Walk- I mean, you're going to have a knife in the apocalypse, right? Like, find one. Surely there's somewhere around. But Joel insists right. on making shivs. I don't get it. I agree. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But, I mean, it's it's an interesting part of the game. It makes it a little bit more challenging, especially on the hard. That's difficulties. true. That's true. There's no shiv doors in this game either, so you're not breaking them for no damn reason. Right. Um, so we're walking forward with Jesse, and we start getting a little bit of background here as to kind of the dynamic amongst the town right now. So we find out that there was a kind of a, a shindig or a party going on la- the night before, and uh, Ellie and this girl named Dina apparently had a, shared a kiss together, and then we learn very quickly that Dina and Jesse actually had a relationship that recently ended. So Ellie was questioning Jesse, like, hey, are we good? And I don't really know what's going on with me and Dina and stuff like that. So it was kind of like an awkward conversation at first, but Jesse seems to be pretty chill about it. He doesn't really care that much. Yeah. What did you guys think about this little walking and, and the background that we got here? I thought it was interesting as someone that watched the trailer a bazillion times <laughs> that they weren't showing what happened, that they were just recapping it. And I'm like, why are we recapping it? Why didn't we show it? Yeah. And I was like, because throughout you know, all this part, I'm like, this is kind of weird. Did they just expect everyone to see the trailer? And so I was confused. I was the same way. There you go. Do they eventually show what happened in the trailer in the I game? I haven't you. got there yet. I, but <laughs> I imagine they, I mean, surely they do. I don't know. I have I'm my sure predictions, but we'll just talk about it another time. I mean, have you you guys have have you recently watched the um, reveal trailer for this game that they showed at the Sony event in 2016? Mm-hmm. So I rewatched it today, and it's completely ass backwards. Like none of the stuff that's in there happens at all. Exactly. Yeah they they changed up a lot of stuff that was in the trailer, and uh, yeah, yeah. It was weird. Anyway, we're getting off topic. So we walk with Jesse all the way to the bar at the end of the road here. And along the way, we run into a dog that you can pet, which I think is awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, And you meet Santa Walla, who's playing his banjo on the other side. But we walk into the bar uh, because Maria wants to talk to us about the incident that happened last night. So, And we learned that after Dina and Ellie kissed... There was this old guy named Seth who is apparently homophobic, which is what we can gather from it, who I don't even remember what he said. He was basically just being a dick to Ellie and Joel ends up punching him or yelling at him or something. I don't even remember. Yeah, Lynn lied me. I, I already forgot. Joel got in his face uh, and he didn't, they didn't say what he said. So. 
Oh, they didn't say. They just beat around the bush that he yeah. used a slur. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Led you to believe he used a slur. I mean, Nick, you just recently played it. So yeah, I mean, that's that's how I remember it. But whenever they were first talking about it, like whenever, um, I guess this is whenever Ellie's talking to Jesse, right? And they're kind of recapping it. And he's like, so what happened, you know? And I just had it in my head for some reason that Seth was like a young man. Like Ellie and Jesse's age. I really did. I had that in my head for some reason. Like maybe he was, I don't know, interested in Ellie and she was not, right? Yeah, like just some young punk because that makes sense. And then we find out that it's this guy. And I was like, wow, okay, not what I expected. Still makes sense. But (laughs) I don't know if maybe I just wasn't paying attention to the story or what. I mean, I... I kind of knew what happened anyway, right? Because I saw the trailers and I knew, I kind of knew how it was going to play out. And I was honestly just trying to take in Jackson because this is an awesome scene. Like you, you see the town, you know, the graphics are fantastic. I was, had a problem taking it all in, but yeah. Yeah. yeah in basically, the first game, that's what happened. You, there you go. Yeah. In the first game, you just see like the dam. That's basically all you see. Right. And you get to see like a little overshadowing of the group far away. And you don't ever go down there. And uh, <clears throat> now in this one, you get to see how large it is. It's a really big, nice community. Yeah, it really is. And it was only like 20 families strong, I think is what Tommy said in the first game. And it's it's obviously a lot bigger than that now, five oh, years yeah. later. Oh, yeah, it's massive now. I mean, it's a... Uh... I wouldn't doubt if there was a thousand people there. I feel like it's huge. I mean, when you see it later, like, which we'll get to, you know, but like when you switch over and play as Abby and you're like looking down on the town, or I guess even like whenever you're Joel and Tommy and you come up to, I mean, it's, it's huge, man. It's a huge place. Without a doubt. But basically whenever we're at the bar, Maria forces Seth to apologize to Ellie, who's not hearing it. Uh, She doesn't really give a shit at all. She accepts his apology, accepts some sandwiches that he makes her. And then, uh, they basically leave to go out on patrol um and along the way we run into dina so this is our first character introduction to dina who seems like a decent character to me i i mean she didn't like blow me away like jesse did like i love jesse dina just seems like a a, like a mid-tier character what did you guys think i know you don't know much nick because you haven't really run into her a whole lot but right i mean she's still with me on the horse and we're going through seattle but i mean i don't know she seems still i'm still learning I'm still like learning about her though, finding out about her backstory, and I, I'm sure we'll get to how she came to Jackson and all that. But yeah, she seems all right. I was with Dina. You know, I don't know if I could give my opinion without further going into why I feel that way, which would be later on in the game. Yeah. My initial impressions were okay. So, you know, I want to know more about this person or let's learn more about this person. I wasn't that impressed. I don't know why. I just think Ellie's such a badass that she deserves someone badass. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you, yeah. Like, I'm thinking Ellie needs to hook up with Lara Croft. So. <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, she holds her own in the fights. Dina really does. She's saved my ass a few times. She's taken out plenty of guys. You know, you say that, but as one of the new things about game mechanics, uh, you know, you people that you travel with can get spotted. Um, yeah. In previous games, and they made fun of this a lot with The Last of Us Part 1. You know, when you're Joel and you're traveling around with Ellie, Ellie will just run right in front of a guy or run into him. And the guy's like, yeah. Oh, yeah. what was that? You know, and it's just like, what the hell? In this game, if your uh, companion or whatever is out in an open field and they are not behind cover, 
because you didn't get there fast enough. They will get spotted, and so will you, and a gunfight will ensue. And you guys are teaching me so much. This hasn't happened to me yet. Granted, oh, yeah. I'm not that far in. Okay, I have not had very many encounters. The ones that I've had have been pretty low-key. I think the hardest encounter I had was at the bank. And, like, that's not even hard, you know? Yeah. So. All right, so we run into Dina. We've got our first impressions, but she's having, like, a snowball fight with these kids. And we end up getting involved in the snowball fight, which, honestly, I thought was a pretty fun little mini-game. Um, I actually had a blast doing it. Yeah, this is this is fun. This this was like the, the water gun fight. I mean, it doesn't play like that, but I just thought it was a nice break from what you know is going to be a very serious game. Yeah, you know. So this is a nice, fun way to start it off. Yeah. Now we go into the stables after this, and we meet our horses. So our horse in this game is named Shimmer, which I think is a pretty badass name. Yeah, Rip Callus, but Callus. Yeah, Callus yeah. <laughs> trotting in the sky. It reminds me of that. Uh, have you guys watched Parks and Recreation? I was just about to say, man, he's up there with Little Sebastian. <laughs> Little Sebastian, <laughs> yeah, down on us. <laughs> I have never bye, seen Parks and Recreation. Oh, oh my god, Chris yeah. Pratt is so hilarious in that show. Yeah. Oh man. Anyway, there you go. So after we get Shimmer, we kind of cut to this new group of people that we've never met before. And it kind of pans over everyone that's sleeping. But we see a guy leaning up against the window in the corner. And then we move to a face shot of a girl who we don't know yet. Uh, and she gets up. She goes over and they and talks to this guy. And they leave the area. And the, he's leading her out to uh, what turns out to be like an overlook. And along the way, we learn that his name is Owen. Her name is Abby. And apparently they used to date because they, they're hitting along this the whole time. She's taking jazz at him. And he says, oh, I've had my fill or whatever. And he's apparently dating a girl named Mel now. And once we reach the Overlook, they have a pretty serious conversation. We kind of learn what they're doing. So we learn that they're here searching for someone that's in the town. And they didn't actually know that it was a full-size town. They just knew that they were in Jackson. Right? So once they realize that this is a full town with a lot of people, and Owen says that he's seen patrols last time he was up here, Owen turns his mind away he's like no i don't want to do this anymore and abby's not having it and he goes furthermore my girlfriend's pregnant now which is insane and she because she's on this trip with them so they got a pregnant woman with them Mm -hmm. this is a lot of information to take in in a very short amount of time yeah and maybe even hard to keep up with the first time what did you guys think of the delivery here i really like how they did it yeah, and I have not learned much about them. So, I mean, I don't know that I have much of an opinion here. It was certainly a lot, but um, yeah, I mean, they have their own struggles. I feel like each group has their own kind of issues. And uh, yeah, I mean, this was a good way, I think, to do it. I, I don't think I was overwhelmed, you know, but uh, yeah, this this was a, a good area, or a good scene, I mean, I would say. You're in for a lot of character development because we learn a lot about each and every one of these characters along the 23 hours that it's going to take you to get through. Man, it's insane. I don't think there's any straight-up bad characters that get introduced either. Bad as in, like, not a good character or bad as in, like, maybe evil intentions? Well, both, to be honest. (laughs) Okay, yeah. Um, Um, What did you think? 
Uh, I think that if I go further, I'm not ruining something for him, so I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> so I will say, like I, which we'll get to the event, right? I knew what the event was going to be, and people listening will know, I'm sure. And as soon as we see Abby and Owen, I'm like, this is who it is. You know, I knew that this was that it was going to play out how it played out. I didn't know exactly how it was going to play out, right? But like without getting into that event, I knew that these people were going to be the people that did that right. event, right? Um, and I knew that Abby was voiced by Laura Bailey. And I don't know if you guys watch Critical Role or play Dungeons and Dragons at all, but I'm a bit of a nerd. No, so, I know her from Uncharted. Right. Yeah. So I was looking forward to that because I like her. And so that was cool that this is her character. And um, I don't know, man. I was I was really curious about this group, even though I knew I wasn't going to like <laughs> what happened with this group, you know? I felt well, kind of kinda... betrayed. Like, because you play as her, you help her escape, and then this happens. I, yeah. I, was, I felt betrayed. That's a fair sentiment, yeah. But moving forward here, um, obviously Owen has decided he doesn't want to help with the task at hand of hunting down one of the members of Jackson after seeing all their resources and his girlfriend's pregnant and all that good stuff. He says he's talked to the group. A lot of them are with him that they think that they should leave um, and abandon mission. Abby gets pissed about this. She's not for it. And she decides to go on her own. So basically we take over controlling Abby at this point and we're trying to make our way down to the town. And we're just fighting infected along the way. And um, at one point, we switch back to Ellie. And we're now on patrol with Dina with the horses. This is a pretty long little section here where we don't really learn a whole lot. We're really just doing like uh, learning the mechanics and, yeah, you know, go, getting like the feel of the day to day patrols in Jackson. Which, I mean, this seems like a pretty cool little thing, little system that they've got going on. They've got different groups that go out into different areas each day. They have logbooks where they keep track of everything. I mean, it seems pretty organized, and I think they're doing a pretty good job of keeping up with it. Um, there's nothing I feel that would be missing, right? Right. What I liked about this section is you can actually read the logbook entries. And there's fun, yeah. funny. Yeah. Yeah. That was interesting. And then also here, and I don't know if, if you wanted to get into to this later, but we discussed on the last time I was on how at the giraffe scene, right, you can you can stop there and you can overlook the giraffes in the cityscape as long as you want. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming it won't ever stop you. And then they have that same moment here. Yeah. You're, you're overlooking Jackson. Or not. Yeah, it is Jackson, right? Jackson and yeah. the mountain. And, like, that was cool. And I feel like it was really well done at in the first game because you just went through all this chaos and now you have this like tranquil moment that was nice and here it's like you just get this this moment of peace before shit hits the fan <laughs> and that's this was this was a I don't know if you want to call it an homage to the first game but it was it was a good moment yeah there are about two or three good segments of the game where you hit like this beautiful scenery and I took a couple screenshots on my PS4 I love that you can do that um, yeah just hit the share button, but uh, the um, or go to photo mode. But there's a few moments where it's just like the leak, and this is what I love so much about this new stuff. Because I was an AV geek, I love it so much. When they do reflections off water and the lights and just 
the through the trees and the shading just right and they get the crystallization of stuff it's like holy crap the, yeah where we have gone in the past like 20 to 25 years of like gaming just geez louise can you imagine what it's gonna be like 20 to 25 years from now yeah vr all the way man oh maybe maybe we'll have the uh what do you call it the oh the really expensive one I can't remember what it's called. Start with the You'll need like a VR room. You will. We'll all look like the uh, level player one or yep. whatever. Movie. Ready, player, Ready one. player one. Yeah. Haptic suits. Yeah. There you That'd go. That'd be cool. I read something today. It's just, uh, you know, they're, they keep using the Hadron Collider to find the God particle. It says uh, one day we're going to do it. Everything's going to blow up and then it's going to say level two and we're going to start over. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. Okay, so um, we're going through these patrols with Dina. Nothing really crazy happens until we run into a firefly nest. Um, well, I say that that's kind of a misleading thing to say. Uh, it's a guy named Eugene who used to be a firefly, and he basically had his little uh, house here. And um, we run into his basement where he's got a big weed farm. It wasn't yeah. just a big wheat farm. It was a humongous wheat farm. Yeah. And he did... I know, Tom, I know you saw this because we were playing it together, but he's got that, uh... The mask with the bong attached to it. Yes. Did you see that? Oh, it's hilarious. Nick, you still there with us? Did we lose Nick? Uh, you guys there? Yeah, there, there you, you are. are. Okay, sorry. I think I missed something. <laughs> oh, yeah, we lost. We were I, I, I don't know. Like the the audio just cut out. So, whatever right. you guys were just saying, reset. Yeah, we, talk- we were talking about Eugene about uh, how you were down in the basement and you were looking at all the weed stuff and you found yeah. the uh, mask with the bong on it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You're like, oh man, look at this. Yeah. This yeah, that was creative <laughs> for sure. Oh, uh, without a doubt. And then they find this little uh, box of old blunts, which they, they can't be good, right? Like I don't, I don't smoke weed. I never have. I don't know anything about it. But you wouldn't think that it would still be good after this long, right? Like what? Her reaction was perfect. Like, do you think it's bad? Does weed go bad? <laughs> like, <I'm>, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Like I really don't know either. <laughs> but I guess but it doesn't go bad. Apparently, it still works because they smoke. At least it, in the game, yeah. Yeah, Maybe. and. To be fair, this is post-apocalyptic zombie hell, and I don't care. I'd probably smoke it, too. <laughs> I mean, yeah. If I was in the same situation, I wouldn't really give a shit, probably. <laughs> Plus, you're there with your girlfriend alone. Come on. Which kind of leads into what we have to talk about <laughs> next. Yep. Our, this is the first The Last of Us sex scene that we run into. Won't be the last. A little spoiler alert for you. But this I've already is the heard. First. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, which we don't really actually see anything. We just they they start kissing and then it cuts to black, so you don't even get to see anything. But right. I mean, yeah. So for those of you that didn't realize it because you didn't play the DLC and you didn't listen to anything for the last twenty minutes, Ellie's a lesbian, Dina's a bisexual, and they get it on while they're high. Let's get it on. While they're on patrol, trying to keep their town safe. They're supposed yeah. to be on patrol. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a storm, right? That's why they go inside. Is that the case? 
that's yeah, right. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're getting away yeah. from the snowstorm, yeah. So that's how they, they try to justify it whenever Jesse walks in on them. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. there's so many terrible jokes I want to use, but I'm not going to say them because Andrew's not here. So. <laughs> oh, Lord. Nick, you need to meet Andrew. You and him would be hilarious together. <laughs> Does he work with us as well? No, he's an assistant manager at Walmart, but he's one of my good friends who is uh, he does a lot of the podcasts with us. He's a big cool. Marvel comic book guy. Cool. Anyway. That's where got to stick together, you know? Yeah. Hell yeah, man. So at this point, we switch back to controlling Abby, who has basically run into this massive horde of zombies. And unfortunately, this is not days gone, so you don't get to just fucking go wild and destroy them. You just have to run. Yeah. Um, and get out, get the hell out of the way. And along the way, she gets underneath this chain link fence, which is protecting oh, bro, her. This is intense. Yeah, yeah. This is the scene where, if anyone walks up behind you in real life, you're gonna shit your pants. Yeah. And she's she's crawling through, and one of them gets a hold of her, and she's trying to run off, and she gets her ass saved. And we look up, and we see that it's Joel who saved her life, and he just tells her to run. So she runs back, and Tommy's there waiting, and the trio just kind of run through. And they're they're killing infected as they go, and they have to find their way out of this one room where uh, Joel and Abby have to hold off the infected while Tommy pushes his massive ass cart so they can get out. This section was not difficult at all, which it kind of reminded me of the room where we're in with David in the first game. Well, we're we're, we're just kind of playing defense waiting. while yeah. we're waiting on something happens. Um, which that section in that game in that in the first game was really difficult, and this one was felt a little bit underwhelming. What did you think? Well, it was a bit early for it to be super hard, right? True. But I will say that this is the only section of this game or the last game that I play with headphones on. My wife went to bed, so I'm playing in the like main room, right? And um, the TV's on our bedroom wall, like on the back of it, right? So I just can't have it up very loud. And so I had headphones on, and like when you jump down, she's like, "Oh shit, there's infected," you know? I'm like, "Okay, no big deal. I'll sneak around." This is a typical way that they introduce infected into like a room, you know? And then, then you you like hear them to your right, and there's like two or three, and then you hear more. I'll start running for you, and you just take off sprinting, dude. I was like, oh shit, oh god, okay, where <laughs> yeah. are we going? And then it doesn't guide you, right? You're just like trying to not run at the infected, so they kind of funnel you a certain direction. And like when you get to the chain link fence section, I think I was like holding my breath, even though I mean, obviously, <laughs> right, this girl's not gonna die because I just had this major hunch that she has this destiny to fulfill for the game's sake, right? But uh, yeah. Yeah, this yeah. was this was cool section. But you're right, though. It, it was a bit easy whenever you're playing with her and Joel. But uh, it, it needs to be because it's so early on in the game. I, was the I will never not play with headphones now, though. Yeah, I, w- I was the same way. I was wearing headphones. And I did that with the first one, doing that with this one all the way through. Just because, like, just the clickers when you hear them. Yeah. It was all around you. It's like, oh, my God, I'm going to die. <laughs> it's really interesting. I think it brings a whole nother level to it rather than, you know, because you catch those small nuances when you're wearing a headphone and that you may not catch when you're just listening to it through TV speakers or monitor speakers or something. It's a lot more immersive, I guess, is the word I'm looking for. Right. I will never not play with those now. When I'm playing a story-based game, anyway. Um, so, Joel and Tommy save her life and they're, they escape this room and he's they, they're trying to figure out where the hell to go and this is the point where this is so far this is the only thing that I kind of have a question about in this game is why why this happened but um, Abby suggests that they go back to their group who's not that far away Joel and Tommy are like 
Okay, let's let's just do that. Let's go meet with the group that we don't know. Right. We've never and met any questionable people in this post. Right. I had the same before. thought. Like, what are y'all doing? Why is she and, by herself? Like, yeah. yeah, no questions asked. Like, oh, cool. Let's go meet up with your group. No. And to skip ahead just a little bit, whenever they get to the group, they're just divulging all this information. They're like, hey, do you guys live nearby? And Tommy's like, oh, yeah, just a couple hours away. You guys should come by and fill up before you leave. And he's like, oh, by the way, I'm Tommy. This is my brother, Joel. And I'm like, what the fuck are you doing, man? Yeah, it's like, Maybe Tommy, one thing that we're missing. Damn, way too long, dude. <laughs> right. Yeah. Maybe one thing that we're missing is they, you know, we just said that they started out with 20 families at the dam. And now Jackson is as big as it is. So maybe it's been all these years and everybody that they've met has wanted to join their community and has helped out. So maybe they're like, Heck yeah, add to our numbers. This will be good. These people are armed. You know, that'll be more guns for the, for the town. You know, yeah. I don't know. Maybe they have gotten too optimistic. Maybe they've gotten yeah. a little soft. Maybe like desensitized. Yeah. yeah, could be. That's the only explanation is desensitization to the situation because it has been about five years since they've done any real, like I mean they got their patrols, but since they've really done any real you know battling or anything like that. But they know about bad people in Seattle, so yeah. I don't know. I would still be very cautious around anybody. I mean, I've I've watched The Walking Dead. You know, I've seen I've seen all this happen where everybody that you meet is bad. So I don't know. Hey, I'm Abby. This is my friend Negan. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. And I have a comment about that as we get into here. But yeah, man, that's uh. And it's gosh. such a huge departure from the first game because, I mean, if you think back to when Joel and Ellie first approached Jackson, they're armed to the teeth, ready to kill these people, mm-hmm. and. They don't just divulge information, you know. It, that's, right. that's the thing that gets me is they're just—it's the complete opposite. Right. Anyway, we need to move on. So at this point, we cut back to Ellie and Dina, uh, who just finished doing their thing. They're having a little conversation. Actually, I wanted to point out at the, uh, Ellie was talking about her tattoo, you know, mm-hmm. and she said that she uh, she makes a, a little joke. She's like, "Oh, I'm I'm immune. I got bit a long time ago." And then she kind of changes course and she's like, "No, it was a chemical burn or whatever." I thought that was interesting because I guess she was kind of testing the waters with if she could trust Dina with that information, right? Did you guys get the same feeling there? Well, I feel like she, and maybe I just am misremembering, but I think she actually told her the, the uh, truth. She did tell because, her the truth. Yeah, she and did, then yeah. she actually does dump chemicals and burn herself properly to hide the yeah. bite marks, right? And then they tattoo over that. But yeah, I mean, I think that that was interesting. Why would you believe that story right as you like oh yeah haha ha, so funny you know right but yeah just just to see like what that trust is but i yeah. think it's crazy because she's not told anybody ever as far as we know yeah the so joel and joel and tommy and maria are the only ones that know yeah I thought right it's cool at this point that dina was like divulging some information like we're talking about the first person person that they killed mm-hmm. and uh she said that she was 10 yeah, yeah. And you're just like, damn. <laughs> and yeah. uh, then Ellie's like, well, this thing on my arm is actually a bite, and blah, 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 blah. Me and my best friend. And she's like, whatever. I tried to share something real with you. You're going to just be Yeah, shit. that's right. And yeah, it's like, right. dude. Yeah. You don't even know. Yeah. At this point, Jesse walks in and finds them in this weird position. Uh, which is kind of awkward because, as we said before, Dina and Jesse were in a relationship previously. They just broke up. Like um, it seems like it was very recent too. You know? Yeah. Like I would say, like less than a two weeks. weeks. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. 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 I got the same feeling. Yeah. 
and he kind of he's pissed off not necessarily because of this but because they're supposed to be on patrol keeping as you said a minute ago Nick keeping everybody safe and they're in here goofing around and uh, like you said they justify like there's a fucking blizzard outside so we came in out from outside yeah. and they ask why the hell are you even here because you're supposed to be on patrol too and this is where we find out that Tommy and Joel never came back for the end of their shift to be replaced yeah. and that's what prompted them to start looking and that's why they ended up running into Ellie and Dina because they saw lights and they thought it might have been Tommy and Joel um, so this is where things start taking a little twist and you're like oh shit what's about to happen well I mean most of us actually knew what was about to happen if you got spoiled. I don't. So, Tom, be honest. You you beat the game now. Did you know what was going to happen? I didn't think it was going to happen that quickly. Uh, I mean, I figured that at some point that would most likely happen. I wasn't going to be surprised if it didn't. But but you actually did avoid the spoilers like straight up. I did. I completely avoided the spoilers. The only thing I ever saw was the trailers. If I started to even read anything that even looked like a semblance of anything about The Last of Us, I I would close it, turn it off. I stayed off Facebook the week prior. Like, I did everything possible to make sure I didn't spoil anything in this game because I loved the first one so much. Kudos to you. It was difficult to avoid. I only had a little bit spoiled for me, so it wasn't too bad. I was still surprised along the way a a lot of times. Um. Anyway, we're kind of st- we still keep jumping to our su- jumping in front of ourselves. Yeah. Um. So we find out that Tommy and uh, Joel are missing. So we go out and we start looking for them. Um. But cut back to Abby's group at this point. This is where everything starts happening. We were talking about a minute ago. So Tommy and Joel start introducing themselves. Like, oh, I'm Tommy, or I'm I'm Tommy, and this is my brother, and he says Joel, and then everything just gets real silent. Joel's reaction. I love Joel's reaction. You sound like you've heard us before or something like that. Yeah. And th- you can hear the music stops whenever he says Joel. It's like everything just drops and you can hear a pin drop in this room. Even though there's a blizzard going outside, there's infected they were just running from. And every single one hear- of them look at him. Yeah, they're all just like, what? And I love the conversation between Abby and um, Owen. Owen, whenever she first walks in, she's like, He's like, you are nothing but lucky. And she goes, dude, you have no idea. And I'm like, oh, shit. Because yep. we know one of those two, and we can probably guess it's Joel. That's who they've been looking for. That's why they're in Jackson. Yeah. Man. And as soon as he says Joel, and he goes, you guys act like you've heard of us. It pans over to Abby, and you see her she's holding a shotgun. And she goes, it's because they have. And she blows his knee off. Oh, my and gosh. at this point, the bass drops. And you're like, oh, my God. And Troy Baker's acting. Uh, yes, because he's he the pain the you know he's doing the lunging you know it's like horrible yeah grit through your teeth you know trying not to scream groaning that you would do if that happened um like I don't know if you've ever met anyone that's hitting like their arm broken like and you've been there when it happened it's like a terrible like cry and he perfectly captured it just oh my god. <laughs> I think in this moment, I actually was like, oh, shit. Like, I think I literally, because it was so quick, it's like, it's because they have. Boom. And just instantly shoots him, you know? It was no, like, it's because they have. Yeah, we've been looking for you, Joel. Blah, blah, blah. Like, they don't, there's no explanation. Just, yeah, it's because they have. And shoots him right in the knee. I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. yeah, and, the first, uh, yeah. and the first thought I have was like, oh, my God. He's going to die now. Because I'm thinking even if he 
quote-unquote lived, he wouldn't live through this, because this is not like a surgery center where you can just go, okay, I can go get the buckshot out of there. No, it's this post-apocalyptic America. <laughs> He's kind of yeah. screwed. I mean, he got stabbed through... He got impaled with a pipe through the like the stomach, and he lived. So, I mean, is it that much of a stretch to just cauterize the leg and call That's him? true, man. That's true. <laughs> That's true, yeah. He's a freak. That's for sure. I do hope there's a DLC or like a comic book or something that shows what happens between the time we see her first hit him with the golf club and the time that we walk in and he's been beat to death. Like, I hope, I, like, uh, there's got to be some dialogue there. Like, she's not just gonna beat the shit out of him and not tell him why, right? Right. Right. There's got to be something there, and we don't see it. And Tom and Tom and I finish the game. We never see it. Just to let you know, you're not going to learn anything new there. I didn't expect that that we would see it, you know, but I do wish that that we would have. Because even like whenever, um, I don't remember like when it happens, but doesn't he say, "All right, you have to wrap this up"? Doesn't is it Owen that says that, or is somebody else in the party? Right, um, maybe, maybe like whenever Ellie walks. Yeah, so it seems like it's been going on for a while. It's not just been like ten seconds, and then. Yeah, I mean, I even Abby even says, yeah. she says, you don't get to rush this, so we know she took her sweet time. Exactly, yeah, that's true, too. I love what Joel says, uh, you know, why don't you go ahead and say whatever speech you got prepared to get this over with. It's just, yeah. like, dude, you're a total badass. Yeah, yeah he's he like, he, he's not scared. He knows what's about to happen. He, he's just in to embrace it. He didn't mm-hmm. give a shit. Man. He went out like a champ, I guess. Oh, my gosh. But, dude, when, like... When Ellie comes in, and you know, blessed in, you're like hoping that you know she'll do something, and she just gets taken down, and they're holding her down, and she's sitting there having to watch and look at his face while he's gotten the crap beat out of him, and he's bleeding out and everything, and she's begging for him to get up. Oh my god, that was just heartbreaking. Yeah, yeah, that's that, that's tough to tough to watch. And kudos to Ashley Johnson for you can feel the emotion in her voice too. Mm-hmm gives you chills if you're really if you're listening through headphones like i did i got chills whenever i heard her screaming yeah oh yeah yeah because and the rage and the anger and the sadness and the, oh yeah because she just kept saying i'm gonna fucking kill you and just yeah like, and she's oh god just amazing and despite that abby leaves them alive tommy and joel live mm-hmm. but obviously they finished joel off he did not live tommy um, is unconscious we did say that right Oh no! I guess we didn't. Yeah, they incapacitate they... him quickly. They smack him in the head with a gun. Like as soon as they shoot Joel, they three others immediately grab him. Because and you know what's interesting to me? They didn't even ask any questions to make sure this was the right guy. I mean, Joel's not a common name. It could have been a different Joel. <laughs> That's true. Right? I guess. Yeah. I mean, unless they knew his brother was Tommy. Well, I guess. Well, I can't really get into that. Tommy That's goes back to Jackson and he's like, Joel, I'm so glad I took the other guy and not my brother. <laughs> <laughs> I can't really get into spoilery. I guess there's ways they could have known for sure that it was him, but it's a little bit spoilery to talk about right now. Yeah. Um, but so we I won't get into that. that, guys. I should be I should be further in. No, it's all good. I mean you gotta play at your pace. But I will tell you, for next week, we need you to at least get through Seattle uh, day one. I mean Seattle as Ellie. Yeah, Seattle is Ellie. That's yeah. going to be the next section, is all of Seattle is Ellie. If you can get through that, because that's at least eight to ten hours, I think. 
Damn, that's half a game. Yeah, it's half a game. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> well, I'm one hour into it. You got a week. Almost there. <laughs> that's your homework. Met your homework <laughs> assignments. You got it, guys. You got it. All right, so we cut to the next day. After this brutal thing that we just witnessed, Tommy visits Ellie in her room. Kind of explains what we've been thinking. You know, they're they're gonna go get revenge, right? Well, he says no. Jackson doesn't have the manpower to to take on like a real little revenge thing. And we learn that Tommy actually spotted WLF on their jackets, which stands for the Washington Liberation Front, lead, giving them a lead as to where they need to go. Apparently, Seattle is the place to be. Um, and Ellie isn't here, and she's like, "I'm going tomorrow with or without you, and with or without a little army." And Tommy plays it cool. He's like, just give me a day. I'll talk to Maria. We'll see what we can get. Well, we find out Tommy doesn't actually do that. He just leaves. He leaves Maria a note. He leaves his wife a note and leaves. How fucked up is that? Yep. And I think it's stupid. I mean, Ellie was going to go. To be and why not take Ellie? I don't know if he's just trying to like protect her or like whatever, but he's he's got to know that she's going to go no matter what you say or do. He's not going to stop her from going. So he well, may as well just go with her instead of on his own. Now they're both at risk. I don't know. Here's what I think. I think, number one, I don't really think that he understands how much of a badass Ellie is like Joel did. Right. Because, you know, he wasn't on that journey. And number two, he probably just feels some sort of, uh, what's the term, responsibility towards Ellie after. Right. Because that's basically his goddaughter. Right. Right. So. And I've read online some people were thinking that, oh, maybe he could you know, get to Seattle and take care of it and before she could leave or whatever. But no, that's like 800 miles between Jackson and Seattle. That's a, how many day journey is that? Like four or five days at least on, on a horse? I don't even know how long it is. But there's no way that Ellie's just going to wait around. That That's a terrible theory in my opinion. No opinions, guys? On yeah, that I mean, yeah, yeah, that, that was dumb. Just like you said, I mean, let's see, like, I don't know. Um, it's 800 miles. Yeah, but you can go about 20 miles a day on horseback, according to the internet. So obviously it's right because you never read anything wrong on the internet. <laughs> there you go. So how many days does he think they can hold Ellie and Jackson? Like I don't know. I guess at that rate, that's like a 40 day trip. Then right? It's a long time for sure. Wow. Yeah. So, so yeah, yeah, this is a this is a plan for sure. Well, we we go to the next day, and we see Joel's grave. Ellie's visiting it, and then we get up and we talk to Dina because uh, we're about to leave for Seattle. And she, uh, Ellie wants to go to Joel's house first to gather a couple things. And I love how you can see so many things in Tommy's in the in uh, Joel's house that just you know it's Joel. Right. Like you see the you see the guitar upstairs that he's been working on. You uh, see the picture that Ellie gave him uh, near the end of the first game that he initially refused from Tommy. That same photo is framed now. Did you guys see it? Yep. Yep. Love it. And then whenever we finally get to the box, we get his watch that's broken and the the gun. Yeah, I know, too. I really wanted to see what else was in the box. It looked like it was like bloody jeans or like a jacket or something. And I wonder if that's like what he was wearing when he and Sarah got shot at all those years ago. I just like wonder what else is in that box. That's a good question. 
Yeah, I hadn't thought about that. It did look like a like jeans or like maybe a jacket or some sort. Although he was just wearing a gray T-shirt whenever he got shot with Sarah, that's so I'm not true. sure. That's he was true. wearing jeans. May, it would it could have been jeans, yeah. Yeah, he was wearing jeans. So the um, after we go ahead. Well, I was gonna say, uh, you know, they actually took out a little Easter egg for you. Um, they were going to give him originally a girlfriend. Uh, to have, I think I read that. Yeah, yeah, and uh, they decided against it. Um, I'm glad yeah. that they decided against it. Yeah, not I, that I want him to be like alone forever and then die alone. Like, obviously not, but like, yeah, yeah, that would have just made it so much worse. Mm-hmm. Another person grieving. I mean, the entire freaking town's grieving, but we would have got to see. You know, obviously they would have focused on her for a little bit, and it's just some, something else. I don't to care deal about with. her. This imaginary woman that never even existed. I don't care <laughs> about her. Yeah. But we go downstairs, Maria's waiting on us, and she reveals that Tommy left, and we kind of, she kind of calls them out. She's like, were you guys just going to sneak out of here? And like, because obviously she's the leader of the camp, and she knows what they are, who they are, what they do. So they're like, yeah, we were going to sneak out. And she goes, well, okay, well, I, you can have a horse, and get some ammo, and go get my husband, bring him back alive. So they're leaving with Maria's blessing to go get Tommy. And pre- that's pretty much the end of this before we get to the Seattle section. So that's the first two hours of the game. That's a lot in two hours. Mm-hmm. Yep. And you're already heartbroken. And you're already pissed off. And I had a lot of questions at oh, this yeah. point. I'm like, who the hell are these people? Because whenever Abby's like, I don't know what she says to Joel exactly, but she's basically like, do you know why we're doing this? Or do you know who we are? Or something like that, you know. And then he says, just say whatever speech you had prepared, that thing. I'm like, well, I don't know who they are. What's going on? Who are these people? Why are they doing this to you? Who did you piss off? Like, I don't know, man. Who, who didn't? I had a lot of questions. On yeah. Yeah, that's what Ellie said, too. Like, he made a lot of enemies or whatever she says, you know. But, uh, man, I had so many questions. And then we don't get any answers. I, granted, am not much further than this. I still don't have any answers. I mean, sure. They answer all the people questions. in Seattle. I don't know. <laughs> like, let's go get them. What did we do to them? I don't know. I never heard of them in the first game, but apparently we're, we're enemies now. That's just kind of been my attitude so far, but uh, I know that these questions will get answered. Yeah, they do a, a beautiful job of showing you what happens and what their motivation is and the background between you know uh, yeah. Joel and Ellie the, the, they interweave it so beautifully I can't wait to talk to you about it next week there you go. it's gonna be fun Another, and, uh, uh, we also learned Joel's last name oh yeah we do Miller yep, yep. Joel Miller did you have another easter egg Tom yeah I got another easter egg for you um, uh, and we talked about this earlier in chat um, so they initially made it to where you could play a game with the kids in the camp um and it would be one of those things that, you know, how you do, like, the snowballs that was to learn, you know, accuracy and aiming and all that stuff. You know, it's just to teach you the mechanics of the game. Yeah. They were going to teach you how to do listen mode by playing a game with the kids where you pretended you were a clicker. And you would close your oh eyes and you would go into God. listen mode and chase them around. <laughs> and I think that's so awesome. But they said that they think that the town would have found that too disturbing and probably wouldn't have allowed you to do that. <laughs> Definitely, because how many people you know that live in that town have had a family member die to a clicker, you know? And now you're just, like, Ex- pretending to kill children as a clicker? No way. 
I'm gonna yeah. get you. <laughs> new Game Plus. No, that no, should no. be the tutorial in New Game Not Plus. Cool. <laughs> Not cool, Ellie. I mean, they could have let it be Seth. <laughs> oh, Nobody likes Seth anyway. That's true. That's true. Asshole. Just another reason to hate Seth. Well, guys, that pretty much wraps up the first two hours of the game. Uh, the entire chapter called Jackson. Uh, did you guys have anything you want to touch on before we wrap up? One last thing, and it's just about the whole plan. You know, we already talked about how Tommy was like, no, we don't have the manpower to go to Seattle because then we'll leave Jackson vulnerable. And then he goes off on his Okay, that's dumb. Ellie was already going to go. She still goes. And then Maria is like, yeah, go ahead and go. Take a horse. Dina can go with you. Load up on some ammo. I'm like, geez, people, we could have just done this to begin with, you know? It could have been like Dina, Ellie, Tommy, somebody else, a couple people. I mean... She wasn't asking for 40 guys. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. She was just like, hey, whatever we can send out, like, let's go. I'm going. So let me know if you're with me. And then he just goes by himself. I don't know. I it, This is kind of like a typical thing, like a typical way we see this play out in media, like games or movies or TV, like whatever, you know, where like one person is just trying to be the hero and save it. But I don't know, man. Like people just need to be smart. Like, if you're really going to go get revenge, you need to group up you can't just go one against a thousand or whatever but it's a game yep. so what are you gonna do anything from you tom it kind of sounds like any family dispute i've ever had where it's like no we're not gonna do that that's stupid okay we're gonna do it because this one person <laughs> wants to do it <laughs> yeah damn it <laughs> so i can see that but yeah, I know. It, I understand. It, yeah, it's one of those things you kind of got to throw logic to the wayside because it is a game. Uh, I do like because you know, being a last of his game after playing the first one, when the first thirty minutes just ripped your heart out, took a crap on yeah. it, and walked away <laughs> yeah. while you're laughing and crying, and you know, you knew that something like this was going to happen. I didn't like we all said. I didn't expect Joel to die so suddenly. So. Uh, especially because of all the promotion that Troy Baker did and talked about how much he loved being involved in the game. And, you know, <laughs> you watch all this stuff and blah, 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 like two hours into it, he's dead. It's like, yeah. you, dude, screw you. <laughs> and all, I mean, all the promotional material, all the trailers still have them in there. Like we were talking about a minute ago, the reveal trailer, it's literally... Ellie's sitting on a bed playing the guitar and he walks in and says, are you really going to do this? And she goes, I'm going to kill every last one of them. And I'm like, at this point, if he's there, there's no motivation. So this is really fucked up here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Anyway. Do you think that that is like a shady marketing practice? I was actually, so I I watched some like uh, video game news, if you want to call it that, like every morning and I don't remember what day it was, but they were talking about that people were upset that they they felt like they were mis, misled, misled on what the yeah. game was going to be, you know? But I mean, man, I don't care. Like, I was going to buy it regardless. And Agreed. they can't not have Joel in the trailer. Because people can be like, well, what happens to Joel? And then they're yeah. going to call it, you know? And then that's worse. I feel like I would rather not know at all going into it blind and then... Also, they could have changed the direction of the game as well because it's been four years since then and I know we don't have a whole lot of background information on the development of this game yet uh, because it just came out but I know like for the first game there weren't even clickers in the game until like I think 
Neil Druckmann said it was like five, four or five months before the game shipped. Really? They didn't even have clickers. Yeah, they added clickers that late into the game. Wow. Yeah, and at the and a, about a year, they didn't even have any infected until about a year. They were just going to have it be. They weren't going to have it be about zombies. They were going to have it be about people. But then they realized that the game was just not there, not the same without you know Mother Nature doing its thing in a post-apocalypse. So they had to add them about like a year before the game shipped, is what I read uh, from Neil Druckmann. So they could have just changed dramatically like the direction of the game. Yeah, because this uh, the uh, first game is based off of the novel The Road by Cormac yeah. McCarthy. So and there's, as far as I remember, there's no like zombies or anything it's just a post-apocalyptic world and there's just their like journey through it yeah yeah so i mean that could be it too maybe they i mean it from this point it looks like a bait and switch but until we get more background information if we ever do that's good that's what it's going to continue to look like even if it was i don't care they're a company Same. Right? yeah they gotta make money I love and it. people are gonna buy it anyway and yeah i mean it's not i didn't get what i expected but when do you ever with video games like this True. Especially I in still love. Yeah. I still enjoyed my time with it. I'm still gonna keep playing it for a little bit longer. I'll play it again in a couple of years. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm gonna get my money's worth. I don't have any issues with it. I really, really, really hope they do a multiplayer of this, just like they did with the last one, because I still play the hell out of that. I could do the server still up on the multiplayer for the first mm-hmm. one. Yep. Not the PS3 ones, but the remastered are. I never had any interest in the multiplayer. Dude, like, it's, it's actually so not bad. I love it. I mean, I'm not an MMO kind of guy or anything like that, but it's it's not bad. I mean, and they have a lot of the game elements from the crafting and all that stuff is in there. It's it's not bad. Extra weapons. Yeah, definitely. Well, if there's nothing else to talk about on this one, we're going to go ahead and wrap it up. Uh, next week, we're going to talk about Ellie's time in Seattle with Dina, um, which is very tumultuous, very interesting. We learn a whole lot. And there's a really cool Easter egg that I want to talk about. That, and I know, I know, Tom, I sent it to you, but I know you didn't find it. You, I can't believe you didn't find Shut it. Shut up. Anyway, <laughs> guys, I appreciate you guys listening. Thanks to Nick and Tom for joining me again. Um, and we'll be back next week. Thanks, See guys. You guys later.